nerds, and welcome back to your weekly dose of all that is pop culture and nerdum with your three favorite fat nerds. That's right, it's time for the flagship three fat nerds podcast, better known as 3FN. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. Of course, I'm your host, Rich, and joining me as I do each and every week, my esteemed colleagues, my compadres, my homies. First up, he is the man that just this past week went undercover to take out a ring of counterfeit Girl Scout cookies, and he disposed of them properly, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about Ron. What's happening? And, of course, he is the man that does not need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the leader of the Minnows Gang, and he's your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He is the man, the myth. And the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Diesel. Goddamn Girl Scouts cornering that market. I say we make minnow molasses cookies. I don't know if that's going to sell well. Oh, they're going to sell well. <laughs> Iced. Ooh, okay. <laughs> well, with that being said, that's going to kick us over to asking about how your week were. Uh, Ronald, how has been the week for you? No, it's been all right. Some car issues, trying to figure that out. But other than that, you know, just... Just normal stuff. Wednesday D and D group working through Witchlight. There, it's going. We, you know, no real major encounters in this one because it's one of those campaigns where you technically don't have to fight your way through. So, you know, it's kind of hard for us murder hobos. But we're trying. We're doing our best. But you know, that's pretty much all it's been going on. Nothing much this time. Diesel, how's it been going? Not too bad. Work last week was all right. Uh, me and another friend were still on the hunt for the best burger in Broome County. And I got to say, of all the re- recommendations we've gotten, I don't trust you bitches anymore. Two utter failures. I'm not going to say which restaurants you at, but oh boy, I don't want to do this anymore. I know which one of the restaurants you went to because you like the appetizer. Yeah, bit, yeah, though. that was the only good thing about it. Well, and I then, told you they were not, they're not great for burgers. Oh, someone you. recommended them and I don't trust them no more. And then uh, Saturday I was supposed to play in the uh, 2K for Modern at Dragon Master Games, but I wound up not playing so I can help run stuff downstairs. And help things run smoother. So, didn't get to play Magic, but had a nice busy day working. <laughs> uh, well, my week was normal. Worked all that uh, Saturday. Uh, my uh, stepson had his first lacrosse game of the season. Uh, so, we had to drive down to uh, Kingston, Pennsylvania, which is pretty much Wilkes Barre. Yeah. And uh, he was going, they were, they were at a prep school. <laughs> so yeah, a bunch of rich white kids, but whatever. Uh, our team won. That's 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 all that we. Do they Jimmy sticks into the throats of the opponents? No, no. But the, the best the best part about it was our coach almost got in a fight with their coach like three different times. Nice, because their coach was a sn- like the kids were snotty assholes. The coach was a snotty asshole. Aww. Yeah, I was about to go down. Like man, my, my kid goes to public schools, and, and you know it's, it's it's inner city. Yeah, ain't nothing to fuck around know, with. I don't know why. I don't know why the prep school kids would thought that they were tough, but whatever. It was kind of funny, but uh, they got their asses kicked, so that's that's all that matters. 
And outside of that, you know, I just did normal stuff, recorded Horror Zone 607 and uh, all the happy jazz. Which, as a reminder, uh, in case you listen to Horror Zone 607, I'm uh, just going to give it another reminder out there. Uh, we will not have a new show next week because I'm going to be out of town for WrestleMania week. And, and of course, we're going to be talking all about all that previewing on 607 TWS this week. So if you're tuning into that, you'll hear all about WrestleMania. Not here because... I have to talk enough about that weekend. There's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> lots of shows. Lots of shows. But with that being said, we hope that you also had a great week. But before we dive into anything further, we got to do some opening plugs. And of course, that means if you would like to get a hold of us, talk to us about anything, give us a suggestion of a movie we should review or anything at all, hit us up on the social medias, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast on Facebook. Like and share the page at 3 Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the show. Of course, you can get all of your information about everything we do here at 8122productions.com. There's the link to the T Public Store. Go ahead and buy yourself some swag. There's the link to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash podcast, where every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself and Ken M. from the ODPH Podcast talk all things pro wrestling on 607TWS. Of course, if you prefer that in podcast form, you can find it anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS. And there's so much more coming up on that channel, including the 3FN fourth year anniversary nerdiversary i should say extravaganza that'll be coming up very near in the month of april of course also while you're there you can check out our uh patreon if you would like to support us monetarily for as little as one dollar a month patreon.com slash 8122 productions link is on the website and then of course there is uh the bands to support us let us use music copyright free of course the one band that we definitely want to shout out. The band that does our theme music called Fail Better. That that band is Shout at the Robots. Go hit them up and go find out about all the other great bands that provide us with our music. We got friends of the show. And then we got our local sponsors and so much more. 8122productions.com. The one-stop shop to find out about everything. Three Fat Nerds, Horror Zone 607, and 607TWS. And of course, if you forget any of that information, there is hyperlinks in the liner notes to this podcast on whatever podcast provider you are listening to us on. Yeah. Get it, Mario. Get it. Well, before we dive into uh, this week's nerd news, sad news, sad news. Uh, and it's really sad news because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that myself and Ron uh, went and sat in a movie theater right down the street to watch a movie that featured this gentleman and his bandmates. But uh, it was found out this past weekend. Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins has passed away at the age of 50. Uh, we're going to stay out of the nastiness of whatever's going on. Obviously, there's been some initial toxicology reports. All that we're concerned with right now is the fact that it kind of sucks. I know Dave Grohl is taking it pretty hard because uh, they were very close. Uh, the rest of the band obviously taking it very hard. Lots of fans out there. I saw a lot of uh, good outpouring. Uh, anything you want to say about uh, Taylor Hawkins' uh, passing? Yeah, it's just sad passing. Um, the rock and low roll lifestyle. Like great musician, great drummer, and yeah, it just sucks. Absolutely, Ron. Oh yeah, it, it's not. It's not a good thing right now. But it's it's unfortunately that lifestyle. Um, it sucks that it finally took him. It was just going to catch up to him. But it sucks. I mean, we lost a great musician at this point in time that you know we probably need like so sorry man yeah absolutely of course really sad news took it rough i know a lot of people did uh, of course condolences go out to his uh family friends and fans which we are amongst and uh with that we're going to take a brief moment of silence and remembering taylor hawkins
And now it is time for this week's edition of the Nerd News. Well, I guess we're going to kick off the Nerd News where probably anybody who's kicking off any kind of pop culture news is kicking it off this week. And that, of course, is with the 2022 Academy Awards. And, uh, you know, let's be honest. We usually cover the Academy Awards. We usually give you the nominees and stuff. But it's just been such a lackluster. How long has it really been since you've been excited to see an Academy Award diesel? I know you're the the biggest one in those kind of movies. What was it? I think four years ago with Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Three Bill Awards, I, Tanya. I think that was the last like great year, and then when uh, Parasite won, what two years ago? Yes, uh, that's about it. Like there was the last couple of years, kind of been bleh. I mean, Coda won and becoming the first streaming uh, movie to yep. win in the award, best picture, I should say. Yep. Uh, you know, Dune swapped out six awards. Dune, which I enjoyed immensely. I don't think it's a six-time Academy Award-winning movie, but that's just me. And I was the one that was highest on it. But and then you see all the drama with the Spider-Man No Way Home fans upset that uh, it beat them out for best visual effects. Yeah, I saw that as well. Well, that's the one where it's like, well, they did have better effects. So sorry. <laughs> of course, you know. Uh, of course, uh, you know we had Jessica Chastain wins Actress of the Year. Will Smith <sighs> wins Actor of the Year for uh, King Richard. But that's not the takeaway that everybody has about Will Smith or this year's Academy <laughs> Awards, is it? Oh, God, no. And I wish, because my timeline is just infused with this, I wish that we didn't have to talk about it, but come on. It's the elephant in every room, especially since we do a podcast that we record on Mondays. If you're on Patreon, you get it Monday nights. If not, you get it Tuesdays. So it's not going to be unlike us to have to talk about this. Of course, the incident is, is basically the slap heard around the world. And last night during the Academy Awards, which I was not watching, uh, I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched the Academy Awards in some time because, let's be honest, it's a drug. But I was happy that they brought back hosts. I think Rashida King was hosting some of it. Amy Schumer did some hosting. Chris Rock obviously did some hosting. That's where we lead in. (laughs) So Chris Rock was doing some, and he was going around and he was kind of doing, you know, the, the normal award show and Hollywood thing of roasting the actors. And in this case, the actors for up for best actor. So you're going around, he kind of was kind of roasting, having everybody, and come and ends with Will Smith. Uh, because he basically says, hey, I feel bad for everybody who's up for this award because we know Will Smith is just walking away with it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, doesn't know this. Like, everybody knows this. And coming in, everybody was assured of that, pretty much. You know what I mean? We knew that Will Smith was finally going to get that elusive Best Actor award. We knew it was coming. I don't think anybody was surprised when he won. No. This, mind you, is before he wins, about 20 minutes before he wins. Yeah. Uh, so he goes on and he... He decides, he said, well, you know, the only thing that would, would have stopped Will is if Jada Pinkett Smith was up for this award. Because in that case, you know, we know who wears the pants there. And then he makes a comment about, oh, I kid, I joke. Jada, I can't wait for G.I. Jane 2 to come out. I'm going to go see it. I can't wait to support it. Which, to be fair, we'll, we'll break it down a little more. But to be fair, Will Smith is laughing when we see him. Next thing you know... He goes to go on with the, obviously, the teleprompter of the show. And Will Smith is coming up on stage a la Kanye West years ago. Only he beelines for Chris Rock. And Chris Rock's like, okay, what's going on? And he just slaps the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth and turns around and walks away. To which I got to give Chris Rock credit. He's just like, wow, this guy, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. And then he did what the, and I'm going to come back to this because I think it's important. He did the one thing that I was like, he's like, I could have. 
<laughs> and he goes, he, he takes a moment, and then he just goes back to the teleprompter, reads, and gets off stage. He was, he, trust me, we're going to get to that in a second. So anyways, he sits back, while, he, while Will Smith sits back down, of course, he yells up to the stage, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. A couple times, out loud. Yeah. Not a good look, right? Not no. a good look. So, of course, that sparked everything. Of course, he would go out to win the award. He would do this speech about how he's the vessel of love. <laughs> After smacking a man on live television, he's the vessel of love. Uh, I'm just going to dive in. And uh, first of all, I got I to gotta say, not enough people. And I know a lot of people, it's, the, it's dividing the country. It really is. There's a lot of people who are on the Chris Rock side of things, or at least his freedom to say so. A lot of people on the Will Smith side of things. I'm going to throw this out there. I want to first off say that I don't think that Chris Rock gets enough credit for what he didn't do. Yep. Because there was a moment where he said, I could have, and he stopped and made a noise that we all know. And that could have was going to lead to him saying either something else shitty to fucking be like, fuck you. Who the fuck do you think you are? Or it was going to be to challenge that motherfucker to a fight. Yeah. Either way. There was going to be a little added on, and he decided against it. So I have to give him credit. Because I kind of, I know what I would have said next. Oh, yeah. So it was going to get real bad. So kudos to, to, to I think we could all agree on yeah. Kudos to Chris Rock. I can also think, I, for everybody in the room, I think Ron cares less than everybody. But I, could, I, could, I think that I can say that we are all pretty much on Team Chris Rock here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Because here's the thing. It's a fucking joke. Now, I, don't, I, I know. She has alopecia. Okay, I get it. I get it. Maybe it was an insensitive joke. But it was still a fucking joke. And this is an award show. And I, I want to start off because I saw a lot of people online that I know and I respect, and I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody, who were like, man, if he said that shit about my wife, I'd fuck him up. You know what? And we all know. And everybody does say, if somebody said something about my wife, I'm not an anti-confrontational person. I will fuck somebody up if they say something about my wife. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yes. But me seeing this went, you know what? There's a difference, though. A, the first difference that I said was this is an award show. This is an award show. Yep. And you know that the comedian's hosts are going to roast people. Not as bad as a roasting, like if you go to like a, an actual comedic roast, which God knows that we can't have that with Will Smith because I don't think he, I don't know if he can handle actually being roasted. Oh, he'd be I mean, punch drunk after two minutes. Oh, dude. I, I just want to throw it out there. I mean, I watched the roast of Alec Baldwin where Alec Baldwin's own daughter was like, oh, everybody asked me how it was to be Alec Baldwin's daughter. And I was like, I don't know. He was never there. Thank like, God Chris Rock didn't say anything about Alec Baldwin's wife. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, he would have gotten shot. Good uh, hi. But anyways, um, so like you know that coming into this. Now, was the joke insensitive? Maybe. Maybe. I don't think he meant it insensitively, but was it insensitive? Maybe. But here's the thing. In that kind of atmosphere, and I'm not talking about the Hollywood rich people atmosphere, so get that out of your mind, because if this was on the street, even if I was rich like Will Smith, I would fuck a motherfucker up for saying some slick shit, right? But in the award show, I would just look at it like this. Like, A, I'm not going to laugh, which he did laugh. His wife didn't laugh, and then it changed, obviously. But he was laughing. There's video footage of him. Yeah. Yeah. Will Smith was laughing. So, then that's probably when she gave him the eye. And probably made a couple threats. I've seen those memes. Probably true. Yep. And uh, then, you know, he went up and did what he did. Here's the thing. I get it. I get being under the bubble and stuff. But you know what's going to happen in those situations. He should have let bygones be bygones for the moment after the show just gone up to Chris Rock and said hey listen not for nothing bad taste joke and you know what would have probably happened Chris Rock would have been like you know what my bad I'm sorry you know I was just trying to make jokes out there if it offended you I'm sorry I'll apologize to your wife I'm sorry I didn't I didn't want to offend anybody I was just making jokes because that's what would happen but no 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 instead he goes up makes a scene and my real take on this, and this is why I have zero respect for it and this is just my personal reason I'm going to table this but my personal reason and then people argue with me 
Here's a man, Will Smith, who a comedian, a smaller comedian, that, that has to be understated because I don't think if this is Dave Chappelle, we're having this conversation. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Will Smith smacks Dave Chappelle because A, Chappelle's bigger than him, yeah. and B, we all know Chappelle don't give a fuck. He already has fuck you money, and Chappelle would whooped his ass, bottom line, or at least talked a lot of shit. He'd have made the man cry before he cried yeah. on stage. <laughs> He'd have really made the man cry. But hear me out. My biggest problem with this and biggest problem for championing this and my biggest issue with all of this is we're talking about a man, Will Smith, whose wife on national television, not that long ago, a couple years, told him that she was having an entanglement with one of their son's friends in his house, probably in his bed, and said his his dick game was weak. She did also say that. Yep. Not in those words, but she said it. <laughs> Not 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 and I talk about August's dick game was weak. Will's was big big Willie style is a big Willie style no more, I guess, according to Jada. Said this to the man on national TV. Now, before the argument comes up that they said that they have an open marriage, that didn't come up until after the fact. And but when that came up, this is a Will Smith spinning things. I think his wife cheats on him a lot. I think that he because in that interview, remember when he looks like he got hit by a train? Yeah. And then he starts bawling, he says, I've been nothing but faithful to you, is was his response. So how do you have an open marriage if you've been nothing but faithful? So, no, she did what she did, and they had a publicist try to spin whatever they're spinning. Alopecia, more like alopecia shit. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so don't, don't tell me I feel bad for somebody. I'm sorry. If that bothers you, I, I, I don't care. That's just facts. These are all facts. My problem, my biggest problem being is when you get up there and you do your fucking dumb speech and you're like, you make it about protection now. I'm going to protect people. You didn't protect your fucking house, did you? You didn't protect the fact that your wife was getting fucked. Your son, who's all like, oh, that's what what happens. Dude, your little bitch ass let your mom get fucked by your friend. Let it happen in your daddy's home. Your sister says that she wishes that Tupac was alive so her mom could be happy. <laughs> she sent him a letter your posthumously. Whole, yeah, your whole family is fucked, dude. Your house is fucked. You can't protect your house. And you didn't punch the man who fucked your wife in your house, in your bed, in his face, but you slapped the fucking comedian. You're not a man. You're a bitch, and you were a bitch a long time ago. So don't give me this, oh, you have to stick up for your lady. When was he sticking up for shit, man? Don't give me this, you know, I, I the first thing I thought of today for someone when I, when I was thinking about this was the the Mob Deep song shook ones. And I understand the line is there's no such thing as halfway crooks, but there's also no such thing as halfway gangsters. So you can't be like, oh, this man did what he... Listen, as a guy who will punch a dude in the face and has, has jumped in people's shit for saying something to my wife, even at a gas station, I can tell you, yeah, yeah. But I can also tell you this. As a man, if my wife was fucking somebody in my house, she wouldn't be my wife no more. And that dude, he'd probably get fucked up. If, if Will Smith, and I'm, and I'm not here for hitting women, but if Will Smith was going to smack anybody on national television, it should have been Jada when she dropped that fucking bombshell on him. Yep. So I'm sorry, man. I can't defend a dude who smacked a comedian but let another man fuck his wife multiple times, probably in his bed. We know it was in his house, so I'm assuming it's in his bed. And he did nothing about it? Come on, dude. Don't be a halfway gangster when it's Chris Rock. It was a fucking joke. And I'm sorry, if you feel different, that's fine. That's, that's up to you. But I'm going to tell you right now. If you, if you walk around and you act like you're Billy Badass and you can't be Billy Badass when the time comes up, you ain't Billy Badass. You're just a bitch. And she emasculated you there and she emasculated you here because you were laughing about it until she gave you the look and rolled her fucking eyes. So you had to go up there so she probably wouldn't fuck another person. And if I was Chris Rock, the first word out of my mouth when he said, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth, I would have just looked over at him and been like, you know what, man? You know what's funny? I'm probably one of the few people in this room that hasn't had your wife in my mouth. 
So what do you say? What do you guys say about that big little Willie style? Because obviously your dick ain't getting the job done right. Your dick game's weak. Where's August at? <laughs> what do you guys say, Diesel? Come on, man. So the the slap over the alopecia thing and the open relationship is apples and oranges. But when you go on national TV and put this out there, put your family drama out there, you put yourself up for ridicule. So anything's open when it comes to the Smith family. You have two, and so to say, utterly retarded children who say the dumbest shit in the world. Wasn't his, wasn't his son trying to donate socks to people? Because everybody needs socks or some bullshit. Yeah. It was some weird shit. He, he, he went yeah. to his prom dressed up as batman like yeah like, like these are like, not well these are not adjusted children yeah like this is you you want to act like a big man because she's all pissed off whatever the only thing that chris rock did wrong was use gi jane a th- almost 30 year old movie as a reference that's the only <laughs> thing he did wrong and by the way and i don't even know how insulting that is because remember people were at the time because demi moore started for those of you who don't remember know what gi jane is because i'm sure a lot of people got mad didn't even know what gi jane was had to look it up demi moore was in that movie and it was always talked about how hot she was even with a fucking bald head yeah. so i'm just gonna throw it out there it wasn't necessarily an insult just because she took it that way yeah uh, i i just don't get it it's I will always stand on the side of a comedian and free speech. Like, you want to act like a big man? You're not a big man. If he was a comedian, the only other comedian who probably would have done this to was Kevin Hart if he had The Rock not around. That's the only other other comedian you would go after. Mick Foley put that out instantly. Like, you, Will Smith wouldn't have done this if if it was The Rock saying that joke. Yeah. And he was like, that means that he's a bully. Yeah. Now, I, I did see uh, a few minutes before we got going – the Academy is going to review the situation. I think they should strip him of his best Oscar, best yeah. uh, best actor, flat out strip him of it. Um, you cannot attack. You know, you guys are all part of SAG and all this shit. You cannot attack other people. And now I applaud Chris Rock for not pressing charges either. Although, how pimp would that have been? <laughs> to, knowing that his moment was coming, to just be like, yeah, arrest him now. Yeah. Like, that would have been, like, it could have ruined, yeah. that would have ruined his, like, your moment's coming, I'm going to take your fucking moment. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, some people are like, oh, don't be a cop caller. I'm like, well, you know, it'd be kind of hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would have done that part. Yeah. yeah. I know hilarious. Kevin Hart put out that he should 100% sue him because this is a bad look for people being able to attack comedians and shit like that. I've seen that come across my feet. A lot yeah. of comedians are like, well, now what's going to happen? I mean, I'm not a big fan of Kathy Griffin, yep. but she put it out there. What's going to happen when regular fans now think it's okay to come on stage mm-hmm. and fucking attack a, a stand-up comedian because Will Smith did it? Yep. Yeah. And people are like, well, no, you're not. You're taking that out of this and that. No. That is what this is. It was an entitled, privileged man. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Will Smith smacks a man and then walks back to his chair knowing that he wasn't going to be escorted out or arrested. Yeah. Let you or I fucking smack somebody in public and not get fucking arrested. Come on, man. And everybody sitting at home defending him, try it. Try. I, yeah. I, I swear to God, try it sometime. Go, if you're such, if you're so into this, go to wherever your local uh, hangout is where there's a lot of people, smack somebody in the face and find out what happens. Because I guarantee you're not going to walk back and sit down in a seat somewhere and not be arrested. Yeah. Another thing I've been seeing, too, on certain people on my feeds uh, thing was, oh, I wish I had a man that would cared enough about me. There is a weird thing when it comes to violence showing love, because I've heard a lot of times, I only hit you because I love you, baby. (laughs) Here's my problem. These are the same people who are like toxic masculinity. I don't think it gets any more toxic, toxic masculinity than that. And mind you, I'm talking about me. 
And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to front. I am a guy who will punch somebody in the face if they fucking say something fucked up to my wife. The fuck around, find out. And I've, I'm, I've been that way for a long time, and everybody knows that. But here's the difference: I also know what situations I'm in, and I'm not talking about going to jail because we know I'll go. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about going to jail. Let's be honest. You fuck, you fuck with me, I'll fuck you up, and you know we can we can take care of it. Well, we won't even go into that situation. But once again, if I was at an award ceremony where I knew the host was a comedian and I knew that roasting was part of it, because this is a fucking tradition. This isn't something that just came up this year. It was a tradition from years past. And I mean, you know, let's go back to Ricky Gervais where, where we got rid of hosts for a while. And the reason we got rid of hosts was because Ricky Gervais made a comment about all the rapes, uh, you know, the Me Too movement and said, hey, you know, all of you guys are in this room, but man, you guys are all in those Weinstein films. He was like, all of a sudden, man, he's the worst person ever. He's like, now there's all this pedophile stuff out there because of Corey Feldman. Man, you guys aren't cheering. You guys are clapping now. Hmm. Maybe there is more pedophiles in Hollywood than I thought. It was a fucking great joke. Yeah. But you know why they didn't laugh? Was because it was true. <laughs> and that's the problem here. Everybody there who thinks that they're so, so, you know, you know, awoke and, and great. And I'm only using that word because I have no better word to use. Fucking cheered a man who just smacked a man for literally no fucking reason. And like everybody at home that, that defends this, and I get it. And I'm just, and I'm not saying you're bad people. I'm just saying everybody at home and defends it. You're looking at it from your life, your wife, like I would. Only me, I'm thinking about it as going, this is stupid. And as somebody who does comedy, and we do a lot of funny bits, and we do a lot of funny stuff out of satire, listen, man, he's lucky if I was Kevin, if, if I was Chris Rock, which I'm not, but if I was Chris Rock and the roles were reversed and I made a joke like that, I probably would have made a worse joke, let's be honest, but if I made a joke like that, this situation wouldn't have ended the way it did, because I would also not be as, you know, I wouldn't be as professional as Chris Rock was, yeah. because yeah. I probably would have, at the very least, I would have said something. I would have escalated with my mouth until they cut my microphone and I'd been like, then meet me outside, motherfucker. Let's go. Or I would have just fucking, when he turned around because he thought he was big shit, I'd have threw him off that stage and jumped on top of him and beat his face <laughs> in. Because he's not a tough guy. No. Because, dude, that slap was weak. If, he, if, if, if that's how he punches, he's weak. Well, we've seen how Will Smith hits it. Now I see why she went with August. By the way, the reason he didn't beat up on August is because, from what I understand, August said that he didn't like the way he treated Jada, and if he had a problem with it, he could come see him. And Will Smith was like, nah, that just pulled your bitch card. So basically you did. You bullied somebody smaller than you that you knew you could probably bully. So come on, man. I'm, I'm being serious. Like, There's no way you can defend that. He, he wasn't defending the honor of his woman. His woman has no honor for him. Like, I'm sorry. If you listen to this whole fucking story, and we've all been a part of it, it's fucking toxic as shit. There's nobody who's defending this that would have stayed with their wife if they cheated on them the way they did. Yeah. I ask anybody out there who's talking about defending your wife, okay, let's put it in the exact exacts. So you would be in this situation after your wife fucks somebody, and not even on national TV. Let's just say in front of all of your friends. Embarrass you in front of all your friends, not even national television. You're telling me you would A, stay with her, and B, you would stick up for her from that day on? Get out of here. Hey, nah. if you can reconcile, good for you. But you still have that in your back pocket. If somebody fucking says a line like that, and she gives you that look, you can be like, you deserve that you shit. You deserve that shit. I'd laugh right in her face. I'd laugh right in her face. Be like, what? You got something to say? Hmm? No? No? Yeah. Give me the microphone. I'll cut, I'll cut some jokes on you. Give me, give me a second. Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying, man, come on. Uh, once again, I don't care what side people are on. I'm not offended by what he did. It doesn't bother me. It's, I'm not here asking for his head or his reward or anything like that. I'm just saying, let's not be dumb about this and be like, oh, this is like, you know, he's like, no, you're allowing somebody to be privileged and elitist. And that's the funniest part, because the people who I a lot of the people I see who are defending Will Smith are the ones that are against privilege and elitist. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. 
Interesting. <sighs> I don't understand how you're against something, but you're for that. He did exactly what that is. Don't tell me whatever. And it, you know, it is what it is, man. And I love how he he quoted what Denzel said to him. Not realizing, and I don't even know if Denzel realized this, and I mean he's a smart man, so he probably did. Not realizing that it was kind of a way of saying, "Man, you fucked up," because he's the, the the you know the devil comes for you when you're at your highest moment. Well, you fell in the trap. If that's the devil coming for you to set you up, you fell for it because you smacked a man for literally telling a fucking joke. And I love the when Chris Rock, which, which it was a joke, man. It's a joke about GI Jade. Like, literally. And then he goes off. Again, and that was the most egregious thing. That movie's almost 30 years old. You can't come up with a better reference. Come on, Chris. You're better than that. <laughs> you know, and it, like I said, people will be like, it's insensitive. He could have had that same conversation with him. Once again, you have to know where you're at. We're not talking about being on the street. If somebody on the street yells, you have a ball-headed bitch for a wife, then, okay, you fight that motherfucker. But if you're in an award show where the comedian, or you're at a comedy show, because at comedy shows... Comedians roast the crowd, yeah. and and a comedian makes a crack about you or your wife. Like I'm an easy target. Diesel's an easy. We're fat guys. We're easy fucking targets. If a comedian shits on me at a fucking comedy show. I'm gonna laugh. I'm not gonna be mad at them, even if it hits home. I'm gonna just be like, it's funny because it's true. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like and that's what you have to realize. That is this whole point. Instead, it's like I'm gonna be Billy Bass, and that's why I don't think that they're not. That, I don't think that they're mutually exclusive in that way. Because if you didn't have the balls to say something to the man who fucked your wife. But you smack a comedian for telling a joke. I one of them is worse than the other. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? One of them is far worse, especially because it happened in your house, probably your bed. Just saying, multiple times. Keep my wife' names out your mouth. Keep your fucking friends out your fucking wife's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking what a fuck. And that's the whole thing too. We shouldn't know this shit, but they made it public, so fuck them. Right, exactly. That's another thing. We're talking private citizens talking about like what you would do, like like me saying something about my wife. Well, my wife's business isn't known by people on the street because she, we we're not you know public figures. Once again, none of us are. But also, if we were, I wouldn't be telling my dirt in the street. You know, I'm, the last thing I, I want is my wife taking me on national television, telling people my dick game is weak, and she's fucking you know my kid's best friend. Like, uh, shit. <laughs> Like, there's moments that you have in life. And like I said, that open marriage shit, I was like, uh, from the time it went down, we talked about it originally. It's bullshit. It was his way and a publicist's way of trying to save face. Because the reaction he had, if they were really swingers oh, yeah. or they really were polyamorous, which this is giving bad name to poly people, because if they were really that way, he would have looked like a truck hit him and fucking started crying like a little girl. He would have fucking been like, oh, that's what we do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because anybody who's in a poly relationship is like, oh, that's what we do. Who cares? It is what it is. You know, don't judge us for that. And this is coming bad on their community because they're like, and I've seen that all day. Like, don't be blaming it on the poly's got stuff because they're not poly. Poly is when it works both ways. They're not working both ways. Obviously, one person is having multiple partners and the other person is is not. It was probably the most most kink positive person here. Poly people are fucking weird. <laughs> yes. And what's their, what do you, what is their sting with pineapples, Diesel? Why is it the pineapple? Pineapples are so delicious. But every time, you, if you want to buy a shirt with a pineapple on it, it makes you look like you're a swinger. Yeah, What's I just think that? that's that freestyle lifestyle like look. It's just like that, you know, the the fin head look, like the you know, fins to the left, fins to the right, Jimmy Buffett, let's have a good time type of thing. Sometimes, you know, it's just yeah, yeah. Hawaiian shirts seem to be like the the uniform of the uh, the bull prepper. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, with that being said, I just wanted to, once again, like I said, whatever side you fall on, we're not upset about you. Those are just the facts that I'm rolling with, and that's fine. If you don't agree with them, then we don't agree on it. I ain't even mad at you. I ain't, you know, but to act like 
Chris Rock was in the complete wrong. No. It, it, like, no. Was it insensitive? Possibly. I don't even know how he meant it because we never got that side of the story. But, you know, it wasn't insensitive? Possibly. But that doesn't mean you go up and smack a man in the face for it. Because, they, like I said, he picked his spot because if it was somebody else, he got his ass whooped. You Ripley-looking Ripley bitch. Yeah, like, but <laughs> it was also, they also, you know, they, they do a test run of the show. So I don't think this joke was off the cuff. Dude, the, the crowd was fucking laughing their yeah. asses off. So, so you can't tell me it's inappropriate because the crowd thought it was funny. Yeah. And dude, Will Smith thought it was funny. There's yeah. video of him laughing. Yeah. Like, that's the weirdest part about it. Video of him laughing. And then he saw Jada mad and he didn't want August to get called. So. And, then, and then the fucking weird part is, you know what he was upset about? He was upset that he knew this was going to look bad on him. Because after he slaps Chris Rock, he's got a big ass smile on his face. That's what's slowing down and getting things. So he wasn't upset with what he did. Yeah. He thought, oh man, I look like the man now. And then on that walk back, had that really, like, it's like that post nut realization. He had that fucking realization like, oh shit. I'm about to win an award that I've been working my whole career for, and this is going to fuck me over. Like, you know that that's why he started crying and yelling and shit, because he knew that was coming. And, and the fucking Academy Awards people are fucking hilarious, because they're, they're, they're like, they, we don't condone violence was all their answer was on Twitter. Then they forebode any fucking uh, reporter Questions. from asking about it. Yeah. And then, like, now they're like, we're investigating. It's not hard to investigate. We all saw the fucking video. How many uh, awards has uh, Weinstein won? Uh, Woody Allen. Yeah. You know, I, violence against children was fine, apparently. Yo, I want to throw this out there. Also, stop <laughs> saying that this is the most disgusting thing that has ever happened at the Academy Awards. That I cannot agree with. Once again, Weinstein. Polanski. We have, Polanski. <laughs> they, they fucking mailed Polanski his award. They mailed a child predator his fucking award because he can't come to this country because he's a child predator. Yep. Think about that for a minute. Also, I think that the Indian lady from 1973... When the Native American lady went up on stage and all she did was ask that they stop depicting her people as savages and stuff and the crowd fucking booed her and then John Wayne had to be held back by six security guards from not going up there and tuning her up. Well, to True be story. Fair, to be fair, he was in the right. And then, Clint, and then Clint Eastwood went up after and mocked the shit out of her. <laughs> like, that is way more disgusting than what happened last night. Okay, I'm just going to throw that out there. If you guys don't understand what I'm talking about, look up the 1973 <laughs> Academy Awards Native American Woman. You'll find exactly what I'm talking about, and that's fucking disgusting. So don't don't tell me. I'm just saying, don't tell me that this is the most yeah. disgusting. Because between Weinstein, Polanski, the Native American woman, and others, yeah, the Academy Awards is not so clean, my friends. Not so clean. The treatment of women in the 30s through probably the 90s, <laughs> the treatment of blacks, yeah. Yeah. tens. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, how long how long did it take for a, a black actor to become? The, the the actor, best actor. I think it was Denzel, wasn't it? Was the first best actor award. What are you talking about? Al Jolson. Oh Jesus. Uh, oh yeah, let's talk about that. The early days of the Academy. You have Al Jolson there. Yeah. If you oh, guys, mommy. oh my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. So don't tell me this is the most by the way, this is not the most disgusting thing that's ever happened at the Oscars. This is not even in the top ten. I I would I dare say that. It is an embarrassment for Will Smith. Yeah. It is an embarrassment, you know, an egg on the face of the Academy, but it's not the most disgusting thing that's ever happened there. So don't I don't want to hear that shit from the people who are defending not because those people aren't even defending Chris Rock. They're defending the fact that they're they're like, oh, I can't believe it. Let it happen. Like, listen, man, not disgusting. It's not the most disgusting. It is, it's embarrassing, yeah. not disgusting. We can go on other lists. But let's get on to better <laughs> news because I'm done talking about it. I ain't mentioning it anymore. We're not putting it out there. Other than a few of the memes that were really funny, 
I, I, I'm tired of seeing it on my fucking timeline. <laughs> oh, I'm throw it out there. I'm not, because you get shit like this. Will Smith attacked me after the Oscars. Ah, it's Jesse Smollett. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> there are so many great ones. From Rody Josh. Oh, well, I'm not impressed. Tupac would have shot him. Oh. <laughs> hi My personal favorite, though, is the, I, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm not bringing it up, was the, the, the person that just tweeted out there and got a ton of traction. It was like, you know, if Chris Rock would have just said, you know, you know, if you, you think he's this bad in, in March, wait until August comes around and you would have run that round. I'm telling you, oh. that, that was that was savage. I was like, all right, that was savage. There was a lot of savagery going on. I, I'm, I appreciate the savage jokes. I, I, for one, love the memes going on right now. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying I don't like the memes. I'm just saying I'm not I don't like everything taken up by funny memes. Good. Everybody with their fucking opinion, because like, like you do you understand the thing? And no, because like, listen, you have to take everything into account, like we were just talking about. Oh, before we move off the subject, it was not fake either. Oh yeah, it yeah, serves no purpose to fake this. It makes Will Smith look like a chomp. Fucking, it brings up Chris Rock to some people. Devalues him to others. It was a horrible look for the Oscars. It was not staged. Well, I was going to say, basically, for for the majority of Americans, it basically, in some way or form, devalues everybody. Yeah. Chris Rock might get away, like for the majority of people, with just being like dead even. It doesn't up him. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't too lower him. But it still is a bad look. Yeah. And then, of course, Will Smith. It's a horrible look for Will Smith. Yeah. Horrible look. Because even people who are defending what he did are still like, but I don't really agree with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's that that contingent too. Like, you know. He should have said the joke, but he also shouldn't have hit him. You know, like there's like there's just like and by the way, it also was a slap. It wasn't a punch. So every time I see a reporter that he punched him, it was fucking open handed. Yeah, it was open hand slap. So we don't know how tough uh, Chris Rock's jaw actually is. <laughs> Although he no sold that shit like he was Road Warrior Hawk, baby. I was all for it. I mean, there's a wrestling reference for everybody. Oh my god! But yeah, yeah, no, it was it wasn't it wasn't fake because it doesn't yeah. doesn't serve the purpose to help anybody involved. Yeah. Maybe the ratings from the academy, but it didn't help that because people weren't tuned in and they didn't tune in after they just watched everything unfold on the internet. Okay, and then and then on top of that, you, you it hurts everybody involved, yeah. especially a high class actor like Will Smith. Just saying, I, I, I it's just weird to me. That's why I said, man, you got to be if you're going to be gangster, carry that gangster card at all times. But let's talk about more exciting things. Let's get off of it. I'm tired of talking about it. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a five-minute deleted scene from The Batman with Barry Kehoe as the Joker. And I, you know what? I liked it. I know some people didn't, but I know a lot of people did. I liked it personally. I even liked it better when somebody isolated the stuff and got us a clearer image of what the Joker looks like. Woo, that is fucking nightmare fuel, boys. Yes. How do you guys feel about that five-minute deleted scene from the Batman? So when I first saw I saw the two-minute clip, and I was 50-50 on it. Then a little while later, during my next break at work, I found the five-minute clip, and I was in love with it. I also love the fact that they did not put this in the movie because it kind of gave a little too much away with solving, you know, the Riddler's just like you, blah, blah, blah. blah. Didn't need to be in the movie. But I'm glad they filmed it, and I'm glad they showed us. It was a great thing. I wasn't the two minute one. I wasn't convinced with it. the The voice was a little out there. The laugh wasn't there. But at the end of the five minute clip, that laugh at the end was fucking great. Ron? No, oh, yeah. When I said when I first watched, it, I was like, okay, I can see this, and I, you know, it was kind of grainy. So you're like, all right, I'll, I'll I'll hold judgment until we see it actually on the screen. Um, I'm fine with the fact that they didn't have it in because I really don't think it really would fit into the movie. Like, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad it's there. I'm glad they put it out there. 
But like, I, like after watching the two minute, I'm like, yeah, this really doesn't fit in the movie at all, <laughs> and it just brings up a lot more questions and what it's taken away from the movie. And then, then you get to the five minute one, and you're like, and that's the one. He's like, oh, the laugh at the end of it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't remember the laugh at the end of the two minute. And, you're, and then I look it up. I'm like, oh, there's a five minute yeah. one, oh, yeah. and that's the one that I dove into. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm following suit with you guys. I'm in all in with this. I loved the Hannibal Lecter portion of it. Like, I thought that's where it would fit in. I'm with you. If they would have retooled it so it didn't give too much away as far as the movie went, that would have been a perfect way to introduce him. Like, if you built a scene, which I'm assuming they had before that, where he had to go see somebody. Because it did give me real Hannibal Lecter vibes. Like, the Joker says Hannibal Lecter. He's talking about the anniversary. I can only assume it's the anniversary of Batman capturing him. Because that's what I'm assuming. The rape of Barbara Gordon? Could be. Could be. Could be. (laughs) Could be. I mean, but I mean, that, I think that would come down the line. But I'm just saying, it could be the year after they've met, whatever. Um, I, I also I have to agree with Ken M on this because I got to give him a shout out because uh, the first thing he said to me, and I was like, oh, damn. It, it reminded me super of the new 52 Joker. Yes. Like, very much, it looked very much inspired, right down to the talk, right down to the tone, the horrific look. Yeah. Uh, come to find out, I was also kind of like, I was like, oh, you know, the Joker's origins historically has been of that acid. However, that's not what. Matt Reeves is going for, and I kind of like this. I kind yeah. of dig this, so I'm going to read this. This is from an art. This is from an interview that Matt Reeves did with Variety. He says it's like the Phantom of the Opera. Reeves explained it has a congenital disease where he can't stop smiling, and it's horrific. His face is half covered through most of the film. It's not about some version where he falls into a vat of chemicals and his face is distorted or what Christopher Nolan did where there's some mystery to how he got these scars carved into his face. The director added, what if this guy from birth had this disease and he was cursed? He had this smile that people stared at that was grotesque and terrifying. Even as a child, people looked at him with horror and his response was to say, okay, so a joke was played on me and this was his nihilistic take on the world. I thought that was fucking ingenious. Yeah, that's great. And I'm going to tell you what, I, I, I know that there was a contingent of people upset that this was, you know, oh, we don't need another Joker. You know, the fans of the, usually the fans of the Heath Ledger version, yeah. which is fine. I get it. And the other thing is like, oh, why don't we have any other villains? Once again, this is the, he, one, Matt Reeves has already said that this is not going to be the next movie. He goes on to say in this Variety article that he's going to probably delve into it more in this Arkham Asylum uh, TV series. But yeah, he'll be injected into the movies. But he's not going to be the big main bad. We know that Matt Reeves, I don't know if it's going to be the next movie, but Matt Reeves really wants to do a Mr. Freeze movie. Yep. So we know that's coming. Also, I, I want to pour this out here. I, for everybody who's like, oh, I wish we would have gotten a more clown version that we haven't seen. Dude, we did see that in the Joker movie where it's coming a sequel. But secondly, Matt Reeves is trying to do something where things are realistic. Yeah. yeah. Like the penguin. Didn't look like the classic penguin. He yeah. was a... He didn't have little flippers. He didn't have the flippers. He didn't have the the the, the log cigarette holder. He didn't have like the things that made him like ridiculously cartoony penguin. Which I'm a fan of the penguin in the comics. I'm just saying he made him more of a crime boss yeah. and what and you know kind of a grotesque crime boss. You know Catwoman, very like instead of having this full get up and and, and like that you can't move around in, had a very more criminal like get up that you can move around in. You know even Batman. You know they showed a lot of cool things in that the Riddler. Took a serial killer, you know. So I, 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 in his world, if you had a Joker, as much as I wanted them to marry in the Joaquin Phoenix one, if you had that Joker in this world, don't know if it works as well. Yeah, honestly, that's just my that's just my point. So I like the fact that this is realistic. Once again, if you disagree, that's fine. That's cool. But uh, I thought this was cool. As I said to you guys earlier, got my dick hard a little bit. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw that out there. 
That doesn't mean I want to see a Joker movie right away. But if Joker's his Hannibal Lecter throughout the rest of this series, and then you do a big movie at the end where he kind of has a super group of villains around him, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, do the slow burn with this one. I'm your guy. Uh, next up, let's talk about something that uh, the Academy Awards dropped the ball on, ladies and gentlemen. James Bond. They did a tribute to James Bond. What? And if you didn't see it, I know that our good friend Padawan yeah. Jay was real upset because he's a huge James Bond fan. I'm a huge James Bond fan. I'm like, you should have just left that shit out. If you're going to do a shit job yeah. telling the paying homage to James Bond, which is look, one of the arguably the greatest franchises in the history of cinema. I mean, so many great people have played Bond. But anyways, I digress. We got good Bond news this week, though, because according to Variety, Amazon has given the green light to the first season of 007's Road to a Million. Longtime Bond producers Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson are going to be producing the new series alongside Britain's 72 Films and MGM Television. Production is set to begin later this year, and casting is currently underway. Uh, Chosen contestants will compete in pairs to try and win 1 million euro, so $1.3 million in American, in cash. There will be physical challenges throughout the competition as well as mental puzzles and mysteries that must be solved in order for a team to take home the prize. So this is kind of a live action James Bond show. It's coming to Amazon, greenlit. How are you guys feeling about that? It sounds like a weird take on the reality show kind of merging in with fiction. Should be interesting. Sort of like a probably like espionage themed like ninja uh, ninja warrior type stuff like it sounds like it could be cool yeah uh, whatever i'll see how it goes i mean i'll watch it just to see what kind of challenges they have and put these people through and you know see how it goes it's something good to try i agree i'm 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 with this i'm with this i like to see it i'm a big james bond fan so even the live action one i think it'd be kind of cool to see live uh people in a game show format try to be 007 but we know that we're still waiting on a new bond and a new uh, continuation of that franchise because you know it's going to happen Idris Elba baby Idris Elba I've been fucking quadrupling <laughs> down on this it doesn't matter uh, yeah, also by the way tiss tiss to the uh, Oscar award people in mor- the uh, in memoriam section boy was that a shit show also uh, no Bob Saget I love you Bob Saget oh man <laughs> Nikki Glaser was not happy <laughs> <sighs> That's the fucking Oscars. That's why we don't watch the Academy Awards, folks. All right. There's a Q&A with Cinema Blend done by uh, Morbius director Daniel Espinoza this past week. Oh, and he confirmed that the Jared Leto-led Morbius, which comes out this Friday, we'll be seeing it on Thursday, uh, does indeed take place in the same universe as Sony's two Venom films, which star Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. Furthermore, the director confirmed that the Spider-Man himself exists in this universe as well. When asked which version of Spider-Man resides in the Venomverse, Espinosa replied, it is my understanding that audiences will discover the answer soon. So we know it can't be Tom, we can't, no, it can't be Tom Holland because that's the Marvel Universe. We know Venom went back to a separate universe, although it does beg the question, why the Vulture from the Marvel Universe is in the trailer for this, but that could be, that could be throwing it us off. That might not be real because we know that they do that in, in trailers. What's your guys' thoughts on this? I'm I'm hoping that we get Andrew Garfield for the Spider-Man for this universe. I have a feeling it's not going to be any of the three of them that we're expecting. No, it's, it's probably not. It's going to be a fourth one. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I mean, the fact that he already said Venomverse when Sony said it's Spider-Man-verse. So they already have the Spider Verse. They didn't say animated, and it's so much better. Oh yeah, <laughs> and but the fact that he's like, oh, the Venom Verse, but Sony calls it Spider Man Verse. So I don't think he even knows what he's gonna yeah. what he's talking about. I think he's just talking, uh, string him uh, along. Yeah, trying to string him along <laughs> to get people to go see this movie. So the fact that 
an after credit scene would show who the Spider-Man is, which it's not going to people like there is an after credit scene but it ain't what you think people yeah it's, we're... It, it's leaked online if you really want to deep dive and find it you can i have not deep dived and found it but they have leaked so and it's not what you think well, that's because sony's leaks all the time <laughs> yeah it, it, it's just we're trying to you know string people along the reviews have come in for morbius it's not looking good <laughs> nope. so Give people the false hope that, hey, we're going to find out which so, Spider-Man's on the end of this. So we're probably not. Padawan Jay's going to love this movie? I, I don't know. He might. He might not. We'll find out. We'll find out Thursday. I think he's going with us. I'm not sure. Well, with that being said, we got one more news article. Of course, you know, after all this high heated stuff, we had to get something fun in there. Let's talk about this. Filmmaker Michael Bay is known for his larger-than-life action spectacles. And with the upcoming ambulance, or ambulance, as ambulance. He wanted to get back to basics when it came to capturing stunts. Uh, this is what he. Uh, this is what Michael Bay says to Les, Les Cinemas Pathgomé. I, I don't speak French, so sorry. <laughs> all those explosions and cars flipping, that's all real. That's all live, real ratchets, Bay shared with the French outlet. It looks way dangerous, and it could be very dangerous if you don't know what the hell you're doing. Most of it is real stunts. There's very few blue screen shots on the movie. There's not a lot of CGI. Some of the CGI is shit in this movie. There's a couple shots that I wasn't happy with, okay? All right. Okay, so the director told us that the CGI of this movie is shit. Oh, man. If we were already not going to see this movie, what the fuck is Michael Bay doing, Diesel? I, I, wow. I, I, take it from Sony for once. <laughs> the Promise them shit you're not going to deliver on. This movie looks great. Fucking... Jake Gyllenhaal gives a performance of a lifetime. You gotta sell this movie. Megan Fox is amazing in this movie. Oh, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> oh, but yeah, you gotta you gotta give people what they want, even if you lie to us. Just lie to us. But this movie looks like pure shit, and I'm a Jake Gyllenhaal fucking lover. And like, yes, you are. When the when the first trailers came out, I was like, ooh, Jake Gyllenhaal is in a bank heist movie, and then all of a sudden it's like. Okay, they hijack an ambulance. There's one of the shot cops in there. All right, cool. And then I see Michael Bay, and then I see the title screen, Ambulance, with the L.A. highlighted because it's in L.A., and it's in an ambulance. What? It's yes, a- ambulance. Oh. It's, not, it's not Miami? Oh, fucking. This, this one just breaks my heart. I understand you got to take a movie role for a paycheck here and there, but Jake, you're better than this. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, yeah, that's going to end this week's edition of the Nerd News. We are going to take a break. When we come back from the break, it's going to be time for Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. He's going to bring you the box office, the upcoming films, and of course, this week's top three. And then right after that, we are going to do this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. And this week, in honor of Morbius, we went back in time to watch a vampire movie. That movie was Vampire in Brooklyn. We'll be reviewing that and more right after this break. Hey, this is kind of Padawan J, Coach Duffy from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, and you're listening to the Three Fat Nerds podcast. You're falling apart, and you know it. You try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know I felt it too, and I'm still trying to figure it out, just like you.
Welcome back to Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. Got a pretty exciting uh, box office top five for this week. You weebs have been coming out, and oh, here we go. Jetski Juban Jujutsu Kaizen Zero on the second week on this list with another $4.6 million. Ironically enough, I think he says it different every time he says <laughs> oh, it. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's great. <laughs> uh, number four, Uncharted with another $5 million. Uh, debuting on the list, RRR Rise Roar Revolt with $9.5 million. I don't even know what the fuck that Neither is. Neither do I. Uh, the Batman with another $20.5 million. Go figure. Fourth week. And then usurping it for the number one spot, the new uh, Sandra, uh, Sandra Bullock movie, The Lost City, with $31 million. There is a lot of guys who had to take date night for their women this week. Yeah, and a lot of guys that had to go uh, see that. Yes, yes. That's definitely a perfect date movie. I'm just going to throw that one out there. Yep. Uh, coming up this week on April Fool's Day, Morbius. And we're all fools because we're going to see it the day before April Fool's Day, but we're all fools. By the way, reminder, friendly reminder, same day we're going to see it, March 31st, Szechuan Sauce returns to McDonald's. Make sure you get yours as early as you can. <laughs> also coming out that day, The Contractor, You Won't Be Alone, Barbarians, Bull, and Gargarine. Bull. You, you hung like bull. And the following week, we have Cow, Align, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and the Michael Bay shit show Ambulance. So I can tell Ambulance. you, I can spoil it right now. Next, this upcoming next week's podcast, we'll be reviewing Morbius. Obviously, the week after will be Sonic Two. <laughs> we'll be reviewing Sonic Two. But uh, with that being said, now Diesel, it's time for this week's top three. So what is this week's top three? This week's top three, in honor of us going to see Morbius, and in honor of what we're reviewing today, your top three favorite vampire movies or shows. Woohoo! All right, I got, I got. This is right up my alley, right up my alley. I'm gonna surprise a lot of people. Not really. Let's be honest. I always like to pick an obscure one for number three. And number three, and I mean, it's still a vampire movie in a way. It is the Monster Squad. Dracula <laughs> is the uh, main antagonist. Monster Squad all the way. My number two, Thirty Days of Night. Love throat ripping out vampires, baby. And my number one was a tough choice because I really do like the old classic. Uh, Universal Monsters, so Bela Lugosi as Dracula, kind of epic. I also like the Hammer films. The Hammer films, if you're not familiar with, those were like the 1960s and up to 70s versions. And I also have a big fan of uh, Blackula and Die, Blackula, Die. So all honorable mentions that I'm sure you guys won't mention. But let's be honest, there was one movie, and, and also, I, I mean, honorable mention that maybe one of you will mention, The Lost Boys. But... The one that I have to give a shout out to, and it's probably my favorite all time, is a beautiful movie, and that of course is Dracula, starring Gary Oldman as yeah. oh, Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Keanu Reeves in that movie, Winona Ryder's in the movie. Uh, it is a great movie. If you've never seen, uh, Bra- well, technically it's called Bram Stoker's Dracula, but yeah, it's a great movie. Check it out, Ronald. Um, my number three is going to be Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a fun little watch. It's yeah. it's it's. it's everything you think it's going to be and it's not you know it's not great but it's it's a fun little watch uh number two i i gotta throw dracula in there i i did that was one of those movies that i watched when i was younger and i shouldn't have been watching oh, like <laughs> 94 96 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't have been watching it gave me nightmares not gonna yeah. lie and that was after the nightmare on elm street run too so you know that, that mix nightmares wasn't good and then i'm throwing in the lost boys nice. i enjoyed that i've watched that a million times great movies diesel a uh, quick, quick little tangent. Speaking of nightmares, I had a goddamn nightmare inspired by the movie Fallen. <laughs> oh, freaked me out the other night. All right. But number three, I'm also going with 30 Days a Night. 
Uh, oh, great movie. One great of the movie. grotesque movies, like really brutal, but I love that. I saw it twice in theaters. I really enjoy that movie. Number two, we're going with the TV show, and we're going with Angel. Fuck Buffy. Angel was so much better. <laughs> okay. And then uh, number one, I'm a sucker for Anne Rice. Interview, interview with the vampire and yeah. a special shout out to queen of the damned even though not as good also i, I want to give it out there uh when we're throwing out there buffy the vampire slayer the movie yep always gets a pick from me one day we'll probably review that in the halloween season <laughs> uh of course also i want to give another shout out to a lesser known movie that is produced by the person who directs the film we're going to be reviewing today and that would be uh west craven's dracula 2000 uh, a lot of people have some problems with it, but I thought it was a neat uh, storytelling. If you don't know the story, basically they took the Dracula story and they made Dracula Judas. Okay. okay. So it kind of was cool because the original Dracula, or the person we call Dracula, his origin was Judas because as Jesus was dying on the cross, that the moment he died, Judas tried to commit suicide and he fell free from the rope. So he walked the world undead. Uh, that's why, you know, like all the vampire myths, like, uh, you know, garlic. There was garlic sent around uh, Jesus when the people went to his tomb, so that's why he can't stand garlic. Yeah. He can't stand crosses because he betrayed Christ. Uh, silver because he sold out uh, Jesus for thirty, you know, yeah. pieces of th- silver. So there was like these really cool, like fucking like, and I thought it was cool. There was Judas. Yeah. So I, I, it was always a neat thing. It's not a great movie, but it has got one of the more interesting stories. It's been a while. I don't. I don't. I think I watched it once. I'll, I'll have to check that one out. Actually. Yeah, check it out. It's it's not too scary for you, Diesel. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. It was uh, also because it came out in the round. I think it was nineteen ninety nine. Tech Technically, when it came out, yeah, it's it's a little uh, new metally, you know, yeah. like that was kind of soundtrack. So it is dated from that, but overall, it's still a good movie. Well, let's talk about the movie at hand, though, because now it is time for the three FN movie club review, and that this week is going to be Vampire in Brooklyn. And uh, let's just uh, throw it out there: we're going to do what we normally do. Uh, so, even though I mean it is technically almost a 30 year old film on its own we're still going to give it the uh spoiler alerts so we're going to give you all the uh the information about the movie the little synopsis spoiler free all that's going to be spoiler free we're going to give you a recommend or do not recommend and why and then we're going to play the spoiler drop after the warning we're going to talk spoilers about the movie and then give of course play the game give our scores and move on okay are you guys ready so vampire in brooklyn was released on October 27th, 1995. I was 12 years old. <laughs> Diesel, you had just turned 12, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a runtime of 102 minutes. It was distributed by Paramount Pictures and produced by Eddie Murphy Productions. Uh, the story was uh, written by Eddie Murphy. Or, well, it's not a screenplay, sorry. The story was come up with by Eddie Murphy, Vernon Lynch, and Charles Q. Murphy. Charles Q. Murphy, Michael Lucker, and Chris Parker did the screenplay. By the way, you know who Charles Q. Murphy is, right? Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy, baby. <laughs> Dark this baby. Charlie Murphy. So Eddie Murphy's brother wrote this movie. Came up with a story with Eddie and wrote this movie. Nice. It is directed by the legendary horror director, Wes Craven, baby. Wes fucking Craven. Movie was produced by Eddie Murphy and Mark Lepisky. Cinematography done by Mark Irwin. Edited by Patrick Lucier. Music by J. Peter Robinson. And, of course, it stars Eddie Murphy, Angela Bassett, Alan Payne, Kadeem Hardison, and Zakes Mokay, amongst other people in this movie. And uh, basically, the synopsis of this film is Eddie Murphy plays the last vampire. And he comes from the Caribbean. We'll dive into that more, trust me, in the, in the review. But he comes from the Caribbean, and he is looking for basically what is a half-breed vampire which is played by Angela Bass's character, although she doesn't know this, because her father was a vampire, her mother was a mortal. I don't know how that works, 
<laughs> that could be. We'll talk about that later as well because that's part of the plot holes that you go, huh? Yeah, birds and the bees. We don't have time to explain I, I don't it even, to you guys. I don't, I don't even think it, we need to say that. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest. A dead organism came life with jizz into a human being and created a vampire. I don't know if that's possible. Don't well, think it's possible. Let's ask uh, Jada Smith about that. Oh, <laughs> oh what a deadly he wow. is. <laughs> so <laughs> the other good part about this. So anyways, it's all about how he's trying to get with her to mate with her to create more vampires, which... Also, in the classic sense, he can create more vampires by biting them, yeah. like the old school. He has a ghoul that has been played by Kadeem Hardison, <laughs> which is probably one of the best parts of this movie, let's be honest. Yes. Also, one of the great parts of this movie is just like in most Eddie Murphy films, Eddie Murphy plays multiple yeah. characters in this movie. Now, I don't want to give too much away because we're going to talk about it with the spoilers because there's spoilers involved, but uh, let's get to the recommendation portion. Uh, we'll start with Diesel. Diesel, would you recommend this movie? Why or why not? Yeah, it's still a recommendable movie. It's definitely dated, um, but it's still funny. It'll make you laugh. It's not cinematic greatness, but it's entertaining. Ronald. Yeah, definitely uh, recommend this if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it in a while, rewatch it. Like, I, I I hit all the comedy beats with it, and I, and I was, was laughing when I was watching it. So if you're just looking for something to watch, you know, it's good. Clean sweep. I also recommend it. it like I said, it, Diesel said it's dated. There are some plot problems. But at the end of the day, this is a really funny... I wouldn't even call it a dark comedy because there is light on the horror. That's uh, mostly a comedy movie. And there, the the scenes in this movie, which we'll go over with spoilers if you guys join us there, are, that are that stand out to you will live with you forever and have been in my mind forever. So therefore, I, I, I would recommend this highly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, I know that this movie came out in 1995, but we like to separate the spoilers. So if you've never seen Vampire in Brooklyn and you do not want the movie spoiled, you want to see it first, go ahead, go find it, watch it, stop the podcast here, watch it, see what you think, and come back and see what we thought about it. If you have seen it, and, or you just don't care and you don't care about getting a spoiler for a movie that came out in 1995, that means stay with us because it is time for the spoiler alert. So I'm going to start the spoiler alert here. We're going to go back to the old school. Well, not the old school. How we mostly do things. We don't break down every scene by scene, as you guys know. We just go over the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm going to start off with some kind of informational good parts that I consider the, the takeaways of this movie that are kind of bad. I'm going to start there because I want to do the... I think the fun stuff is more good to do with second in this particular case. But why I say it's informational is because this movie was directed by Wes Craven, master of horror. Obviously, created Scream, created Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Hills Have Eyes, the original Last House on the Left, etc., etc. He is a master of horror, legendary. We all know this. Eddie Murphy, on the other hand, is a legendary comedian. Well, I think Wes thought that this was going to be more of a horror flick than a comedy. And I think Eddie Murphy wanted it to be more of a comedy than a horror flick. Yeah. So a lot of the problems in this movie come from, I think, the director was trying to direct a horror flick and Eddie Murphy was trying to act in a comedy. Yeah. Now, Eddie Murphy has some really good serious parts in this movie, but they come off kind of bad because you're so used to the slapstick that like, when he tries to be serious, even though it's not a bad portrayal, it just doesn't come across as good. So that is one of my first big negatives, but that's the reason why. And then, of course, the other big negative for me, and I mean it's a huge negative, the fucking plot holes in this movie. You could drive a, a, a stampede of buses through. We mentioned it in the spoiler-free portion. 
Literally, she is a, a half-breed vampire human, so a daywalker like like Blade. But Blade was not explained to be around because a vampire jizzed in his mother. In this movie, it is it is said that her her father and mother had sex. He would not bite her to make her a vampire, and they had her. So he so 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 for the last vampire played by Eddie Murphy is he has to uh, he has to get with her to create more vampires. Although during the movie, he turns her friend Nikki and some other people into vampires by biting them. Also, he turns Kadeem Hardison into his ghoul. And shit falls off the man the whole movie. That's yeah. positive, yeah. by the way. I just want to throw that one out there. He has a... By the way, also, what makes him the number one vampire is this ring he wears. That was always weird to me as yeah. well. Yeah. He wears a fucking ring that makes him the number one vampire. Now, they took this shape-shifting to a next level in this movie. And I'm a fan of it for what we get to see. But I'm also not a fan of it. Because it was like, that's not really in vampire lore. But yeah. okay. Although it leads to some really funny moments. Would you like to add anything to that? Diesel. The ghoul is great. Um, I'm going to talk about the positives a minute. But he's, trust me, he's going to come up hard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just a very, very dated movie. Like, like it was mid-90s, but it even feels a more dated than that. It feels like a dirty 80s yeah. comedy. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you with that because yeah. it, it feels like the late 80s yeah. era style and I, I agree with Rich with the whole thing of one person was trying one thing like Wes Craven because it does have some you know a couple scary beats that they that he's trying to push for and, I, and I'm like okay you know it's a horror comedy and before horror comedies were a thing and you know but then you have Eddie Murphy where you're like when he's trying to be serious you just can't take him serious because yeah. you're because he's trying to be you know it's like so it's just something didn't mesh yeah, and you some know. of the effects were a little rough, too. Like, yeah. you know, when he enters the church and smoke's rising from his hair, and you're just like, this just looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> Although one of the funnier scenes in the movie, yes. we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so let's go to the pause, because the negatives are big, but I, I don't want to walk on them, because the reason this movie ends up being better than what it is is because of the positives. Because where you don't get convoluted is, first of all, when we first meet Eddie Murphy, he comes off of a boat from the fucking Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, obviously the triangle. And and if, and like everybody's dead on board. Kadeem, this is where Kadeem Hardison comes in. And at the same time, these Italian mob guys are trying to uh, extort the, 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 the guys. They have drug dealings and gun dealings at the, the dock. Yeah. And then we get introduced to like Kadeem Hardison. It looks like he's going to get killed by these mobsters. And then out of nowhere comes Eddie Murphy. And uh, Eddie Murphy proceeds to kill and devour, not just suck the blood, but eat some of these Italian guys. It makes the line, it is so corny, and this is a negative technically, but the corny line of, hmm, Italian. Because he <laughs> speaks with this fake fucking, like, Jamaican accent the whole fucking movie. And it's a terrible Jamaican accent, except for when he's other characters. Yes. Because he doesn't play, because he ends up, and mind you, the other characters he plays are real people in the timeline. <laughs> that he then, later, he uh, possesses them. But they have to be evil. We find out because he, t- he tells Kadeem Hardison the whole rules after he becomes a ghoul. Like, they have to be evil. They have to have some evil in them. If they're not evil, I can't I can't possess them. So if anybody who's pure sword, because he asked him why he doesn't take over Justice. Justice is the love interest uh, played by Al- Alan Payne. He's uh, Detective Justice. Yeah. And he's the partner of Angela Bassett's character, who is Detective Rita Vetter. And so he... And they have kind of a love thing going. He's like, cause so Kadeem's like, man, so why don't you just you know do that? And then boom, boom, we're done. We out. 
He's like because he's he's good. He has too much good in him. He doesn't. There's no evil. He's pure of heart. He's pure of heart. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot possess him. Uh, one of the all-time greatest things in this movie, though, is that the is that the great John Witherspoon's in this film, and he plays Silas Green, who is the landlord. <laughs> and Eddie Murphy at one point in juncture pays this man in gold coins. And it gets him whatever he wants. <laughs> and coverage. And it's just great to see the fucking... And, of course, he hangs out with Kadeem Harrison. And as Kadeem Harrison has shit falling off of him, he's like, that ain't right, boy. And he keeps talking <laughs> shit to him like it's normal, but it's not. He's like, this ain't right. Because, <laughs> like, he keeps losing things, like fingers. At one point, he loses a hand and replaces it with a mannequin hand. Yes. Which is great. Which is probably my favorite scene is when they get mugged. And, he, you know, the vampire in Brooklyn, you know, can't really get mugged. And just like goes for the kill and goes, ah, I love Brooklyn. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was so proud of his uh, hand that he got from a mannequin, yeah. a white mannequin. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to one of the funniest parts in this whole movie that anybody who watches movies remember. And all I have to say is two words. Beast fucked. At one point in juncture, Eddie Murphy possesses the body of one of the Italian mobsters that didn't die. And he gets arrested on purpose because he's trying to get closer to uh, Rita. They go back to the precinct. And Justice is there. And, of course, there's a little lovey-lovey whatever. And the night before, unbeknownst to Rita, her roommate Nikki was fucking Eddie Murphy's character. But she thought it was Justice in there. And all of a sudden, this Italian guy goes, hey. Because he hears Justice, he's like, oh, you're Justice? Oh, you fucked that Nikki chick. Yeah, you did. You beast fucked her. You know you did. You fucking beast fucked her, boo. Yeah, it's fucking, it's one of the best, most memorable scenes of all time. Now, the other possession scene is you mentioned in the bath, because it was kind of hokey. Yeah. But not when he starts talking. He goes into Preacher Polly, who is a reverend. <laughs> And Preacher Paulie obviously is not living by God, I mean. So he, he goes in there because Rita goes to confide in Preacher Paulie. Preacher Paulie, it reminded me of 1980s, uh, the, what's his name there? Uh, Al Sharpton. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. like, he's 1980s Al Sharpton with the big perm, yeah. the fur coat. Uh, go back in time if you don't know what I'm talking about. He goes to walk into church and we get the smoke effect because he can't walk into church because he's a vampire. And he's like, ooh, it's hot in here. Ooh, let's God go damn. Him. God, God damn. He yells, God damn. He's like, okay, let's go outside of the lawn. Service on the lawn. So they go out to the lawn and he's standing on the steps and he's preaching. And he starts preaching about how evil is good. Yeah. Evil is good. Because if you don't have evil, you don't have good. So evil is good. And ass is good. He's like, and if it's a piece of evil ass, it's real good. <laughs> and then to to go and bring the boy over, he goes, yeah, looks like Brother Justice over there. We all know he fucked the shit out of that Nikki. <laughs> like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. And one of the other congregates, you fucked a $2 whore last night. And the great thing about a $2 whore, you can go to the limits with them. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that, oh, that scene was great. <laughs> Uh, speaking about more crappy scenes that are mixed in is, of course, we come to the climax of the film. Uh, the vampire is now seducing Rita. Justice is the only one that can save the day. And, you know, he ends up saving the day. Um, that's why it's kind of unmemorable because the final act of this movie is kind of like, eh, thrown away. And that's where it's kind of like, oh, it becomes like a horror film, but not really scary. Yeah. But my favorite part of the end of this movie is the end. So the vampire dies because the sunlight hits him. And he disintegrates. But his ring is still around. You know, the ring that gives him powers. 
And the ring happens to fall into the limo that he has that our good friend Julius is driving. So the ghoul Julius gets the ring. He's like, oh, the boss's ring. I'm just going to put it on to safe keep it for him. So he puts it on his good hand, and all of a sudden, poof, he becomes a pimp-ass vampire. <laughs> and then he has his own ghoul, yeah. which is, ends up being Silas, played by John Witherspoon. <laughs> oh, this movie, I tell you. Lots of comedy. I like. There's some epic lines in it, but... Woo, there's some yeah. there's some rough watches. I, that's why it's at least different because of the, the hard watches. You guys, want to add anything to the positives? It, was, it is a fun watch. Uh, once you get over the the datedness of it, it is entertaining. It's definitely you know with Eddie Murphy playing multiple parts, it's definitely in the vein of Eddie Murphy's most popular films. You know, yeah. But it, it's still just a fun movie. It's you're you're not watching a great movie, but you're watching a fun movie. Absolutely, Ronald. Yeah, you're, it's it's one of those movies that it's. The comedy's there, like yeah. it is there. It's the comedy still holds up for the most part because I hit every beat. It's you know if you're if you're not into big horror movies like this, you can handle this. If yeah. it's not, you know, if you're more into horror, like this isn't going to be your thing, obviously. But if you're just looking, you know, to see like some of Eddie Murphy's better works, like yeah, he's got better movies out there. But this is still in the top Eddie Murphy tier time frame of him, you know. And if you appreciate a good Jerry Curl. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Um, I also would like to point out, if you would like to watch this movie, if you were looking for it to rewatch it, in case you've seen it in the past and wanted to rewatch it, it's on Paramount Plus now. That's yeah. why they took it off of Hulu, because Paramount Plus got it. Yeah, yeah. That's Just so you guys know. Yeah. Last week it was on Hulu. This week it was not. That's right. Paramount Plus must have taken it back over. Peaches. Well, with that being said, before we give out our scores, you know we like to do a little something. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game. And uh, last week, Ron had a flawless victory. Can Diesel make a comeback? Can he get into the winner's circle? Or does Ron retain this week? Ladies and gentlemen, the game's played simply. It's the closest who comes to the number without going over, or as they're also known, Price is Right rules. Unless we come down to the tiebreaker round, and that's closest to the number because we don't do fucking ties here. Of course, uh, because Diesel goes first, because he's the challenger. So, Diesel, you ready? Yep. IMDb out of 10 using points. What did they give Vampire in Brooklyn? Oh, I'm going to give Ron easy. Higher or lower? We're going with an even five. Ron? Five and a half. And the survey says... (laughs) You both busted 4.6 out of 10. (laughs) All right, next up. This is uh, one that we've done before, but it makes it a little harder, Ron. Voodoo, out of five using points, what did they give Vampire in Brooklyn? Oh, God. (laughs) Voodoo, uh, two and a half. Diesel. Let's go one. (laughs) It's more? I I actually think it's more. No, we're going to go with (laughs) 1.2. Going with 1.2, and what was yours, Ron? Two and a half. Two and a half. Well, guess what, guys? We have we have a point. Point goes to Ron. You should have gone higher. Four point two out of five. Who <laughs> had this rated high? Guys? I, 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 plan, I planned it. I planned it all. <laughs> all right, Diesel, the block, Ron, and Ron for the win in this one. Ron Tomatoes out of one hundred percent. What did they give Vampire in Brooklyn? It can't be a splat. It can't be a splat. Sixty. Ron. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
42. 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. 12%. All right. So the final question, which is going to be Google users, is now worth two points to make this interesting. (laughs) Two points. And so the win. Final. Down to the win. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, and it's also closest to the number. Ron, you get to go first. Google users, out of 100%, what did they give Vampire in Brooklyn? 75. Diesel. After the 12 on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> I don't know if I could... No, we can never we can never fail the Google strategy. 80. <laughs> That's why I said 75. Your winner. And new champion, oh my God. Diesel. By the way, I wish I had the perfect score. It was 80% out of 100. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Google never fails me. They never get below an 80. <laughs> I was nervous you were going to go real low, and Ron was going to get there because, you know, 75% th- was close. That was I didn't close. think I am do, or Rotten Tomatoes was going to be 12. <laughs> no. I didn't think Rotten Tomatoes was going to be 12 either, but here we are. That's why, I, that's why I went 40 instead of 1. <laughs> By the way, uh, Triple H retired this past week yeah, after yeah, his yeah. health condition, so, I mean, we'll oh. keep him. We'll keep honoring him uh, with the, uh, the game. <laughs> in in ring competition well in ring yes he is still yeah. going to be behind the scenes but uh man that scared the shit out of me i don't oh, know yeah. if you were did you read the article the only reason he went to the hospital was because stephanie saw some blood like some blood pooling by the sides of his mouth yeah. when he oh. got to the hospital like your heart is supposed to do so many pounds of you know pressure yeah. of blood uh, it's supposed to be like between 60 and 90 he was at 30 yeah. and within the first half hour he was down to 12 yeah in complete he, cardiac arrest he almost fucking died yeah, yeah. he almost no. died Wait. Fucking Vince McMahon almost outlived Triple <laughs> H. It's fucking scary, but, you know, kudos to him. No, definitely. All right. Let's go, and it's time to give the nerd scores. And, of course, after the guy, we give the, I give my nerd score, I always give my critical score as well. Of course, the nerd scale is an entertainment scale. What that means is it's sometimes movies will score higher on the nerd score than would score lower on a critical score. For example, and we give it every week, the movie Maximum Overdrive. Myself and Ron both would give it a four on the nerd scale because it's a fun-ass movie. However, it is a terrible movie, and if I had to give it a critic score, it would get a two at best, and that's probably being generous. But it is still a really fun movie, so you can see how the limits of the, the, the score matter here because we're basing it on entertainment and what it is comparatively. Here's how we score it. If it's a one, it's no. It's just no. Don't watch it. Never watch it. You shouldn't watch it. It's terrible. Two is you've been warned. That means it's subpar. It's it's not a good movie, but at the same time, it's not the worst of the worst. But you've been warned. If you've ever watched it, you're just gonna you're gonna regret life. A three is it's good. You know, good. It's an average movie. It's a good movie. It's not blockbuster. That means you shouldn't go to the theater and pay money to see it. It probably means that you shouldn't go and buy it. You know, if it's on Netflix or whatever, go ahead and you know take give it a watch. It's a decent movie. It's not bad. But it's not, it's not great. It's not, you know, it's just there. It's a good movie. You know, it's not going to be a waste of your time. You'll probably never watch it again, but whatever. Four. That means just take my money. Just take my money means if it's in the theater, you should probably go see it because it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's going to entertain you. You know, you can feel comfortable buying it on Blu-ray. You can feel comfortable renting it on Amazon. You can feel like you probably might watch this movie a couple times. If it's on TV, you might give it another gander because, you know, hey, it's, it's, it's a movie that's worth watching more than once. It's a good, It's a great movie. And then, of course, Rarefied Air is at five, and that's Certified Nerd. Those are the classics, the instant classics in new movies, and in older movies, they are the classics. That means these are movies that you should see as much and many times as you can in the theater. You should probably buy it on Blu-ray or digital. You should add it to your, uh, you know, the list of movies that you watch from periodically. You should add it to that list because it's that damn good. 
last movie to make that out because I've crossed the board of all three of us was the Batman. Previous to that was uh, you know Spider Man No Way Home. So you know it shows that that's the kind of rare fighter you need to be in. All right, guys. Without further ado, let's get to our nerd scores for Vampire in Brooklyn. We'll start with Diesel. What is your nerd score? So we don't do mixed points on this one. It edges out right at a three for me. It just gets pushed over the two line because, God damn, Angela Bassett's so hot in this. Oh, Angela Bassett's oh. sexy. Sexy. Ron. I have to push it at a three as well. I Like you said, it's one of those, you know, if you, you want to see, like, Eddie Murphy before he started doing all the, you know, Dr. Doolittles and all that stuff. Like, this, this is that time period. Starring Eddie Murphy. And starring Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but like I'm saying, like this, you know, this is between Beverly Hills Cobb, you know, like uh, another 48 hours, like it's all right there. This yeah. is this is what you get. So definitely give it a watch. Listen, I'm with you guys. It's gonna go right clean on a three. I give it a good. It's good. It's a good yeah. movie. It's not great. It's not gonna knock your socks off, but it is a good movie. If it's on television and you catch it, you know you're gonna stop and watch it because the funny parts are gonna really make you pop. Yeah, there's a little outdatedness to it. Yeah, there's a lot of plot holes and stuff, but there's still enough fun there. And that's why with my critic score, I actually give it a six out of ten. Uh, slightly better than an average movie. The plot holes and stuff kind of suck, but there's enough great comedy moments in this movie where you're like, fuck. Like if you've never seen the beast fuck moment. If you've never seen the Preacher Pauly moment, if you've never seen the Kadeem Hardison throughout the movie as the ghoul falling apart and making random one-line, including giving himself a high-five with his mannequin hand, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, if you haven't seen that thing, those things actually saved the movie and added up. And let's be honest, I did give an extra little pointage because Ange- Angela Bassett is sexy in this movie. So Fucking hot. sexy. <laughs> you know, Nikki's not bad-looking, but compared to Angela Bassett, like, why would Justice... Want that? Want that? When he could have filet mignon? I'm just oh. saying. I'm stalling it out there, Angela Bassett. Woo! I don't know. Is she hotter in this movie or waiting to exhale? Waiting to exhale. Oh, it's because of craziness for you. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah I should have known that was coming. Should have known that. Was. How about Stella got a groove back? Uh, you can't put sexy in there because uh, what's her name's in it too? Whoopi. Ooh. Whoopi drags all the sexiness out. <laughs> she just sucks the sexiness yeah. right out. Have you ever tried to jerk off to Sister Act? <laughs> That I, brings up a whole new thing. Dude. I don't. I don't want to know. You keep that to yourself. Never, never tell me because I don't want to know. Ah, uh, anyway. So there's our scores for Vampire in Brooklyn. Check it out if you will. And uh, that's going to bring us towards the end of the show. But before we go, you know we got to pay some bills. That means it's time for shameless plugs. That means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. You type three fat nerds into any podcast provider and booyakasha. There we are. Remember, for everything we talk about, it's the number three, not the word three. And of course, while you're at that podcast provider, smash that follow or subscribe button so you get our show delivered to you automatically each and every week. And we're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, three fat nerds podcast. There you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page you're going to comment rate review help us spread the word of nerd of course we are also on twitter instagram and tiktok at three fat nerds pod remember for all the social medias use that hashtag three fn pod oh we expect some hate today because of all the will smith stuff so if you really want to get out your opinion three fat nerds pod at gmail.com that's where all our hate goes all right let's do that double shot right here first up six uh, twitch.tv slash six on podcast make sure you're following us over there every monday night myself and kenan from the ocho duro parley hour podcast talk all things pro wrestling on 607 tws if you would prefer that in uh uh podcast form it comes out late night every monday night on podcast form anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 tws but you can also watch the replay over there on twitch.tv 
slash Sixers Podcast. Also, make sure you're following us there because we do a litany of other things over on the Twitch channel. Of course, also, if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as $1, you can do that on Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions for, uh, you know, you get bonus content for 3FN Podcast. You get bonus content for Horizon 607. You also get 3FN After Dark and so much more over there. And you also help support everything we do and we really appreciate it. Uh, Patreon.com slash 8122productions. H-T-T-P colon backslash backslash 81 double deuce P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S dot com. 8122productions.com for all things 8122productions. Find out more about the Three Fanners podcast, Horror Zone 607 and 607TWS. Of course, also, we got our link to the T Public Store. If you would like to buy some swag and help support us, the link to the Patreon channel is there. The link to the Twitch channel is there. Also, we have a link for uh, the musical acts that you hear on the show that bring us their music copyright free. Acts like the people who do our theme music. Shout at the robots. Also, Floodlands, Tom Jolu, Second Suitor, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia, the Jasons from West Virginia, and so many more. Go visit them there. That gives you all the information to support them. You can also support all those great bands on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Also, there's a Friends of the Show where you can find the link to go over to the website for the Ocho Dura Parlay Hour podcast and also our friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest coming up in August 26th and 27th in Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. You can come be a part of that. $20 for weekend pass, $15 for day pass. Celebrities are still being announced. Vendor spots are sold out. It's amazing. You're going to want to be a part of it. The three fat nerds will be there and so shouldn't you. Of course, also we have you know so much more on the website. If you forget any of this stuff, you can always look in the liner notes for the show. All the hyperlinks are down there. But last but not least at 8122productions.com, we have our local sponsors who help us bring this show to you commercial-free each and every week. But we're going to give them a shout-out right now for all that they do for us. And first up, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about what's going on at the store, you can do that. Uh, you can find out by following them on Facebook, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex to Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them three pet nerds that you. Ronald? One out of ten stars. I walked out halfway through this film. It was that bad. I've never seen so many people walk out of a film. I cannot see how anyone can have enjoyed this film. The acting was awful. The script was awful. Now, I knew nothing about this film or Tolkien apart from the hype around it, so I went in with an open mind hoping to enjoy it. However, about an hour in, I was bored stiff. It was not the fact that it was three hours long. I knew that much. It was the fact that the film was slow. I know that much... It was the fact that the f- they fought a badly, then fought another baddie, then fought another baddie, boring with a capital B. Anyway, when I left two hours in, I had just realized that I had missed nothing and I already knew the ending of the predictable film. It's one out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. They didn't walk out. They just play acted along because that's all it was, <laughs> a movie about walking. It's crazy. So bad. It's so bad. Crazy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring us to the end of yet another Three Fatters podcast. Of course, join us next week as during the three, well, of course, we'll bring you all of the news from pop culture and nerdum with our opinions and takes. And uh, also, we'll be redoing our 3FN movie club review of the brand new film, Morbius. That could be great or bad. Cinematic masterpiece. We're going to find out. Uh, it gets an extra point for me just because of muscular, shirtless Jared Leto. Just throwing it out there. That might be the only point it gets. But still, it's going to get that point for me. 
Uh, with that being said, though, we'll be back. Thank, hopefully you enjoyed this show and we're entertained. We'll be back to entertain you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, all I have left to say is take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And later, nerds. And later. That pussy game must be strong. I wonder if alopecia makes the carpet match the drapes. <laughs> Lord of the Rings just sucks people.